Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Saturday Draft Live. Now, I know last week some promises were made that the OGs would be back together, myself and Derek Campbell. But you see, me and Derek Campbell had some creative differences about the opening musical number we wanted to do to you know, celebrate our return as hosts of, uh, once again, of Saturday Draft Live. And so David's taking a week off, he's got to go lose that sax solo. Uh, but until next week, when David will be back, uh, I have we have switched the order around. We've taken the running order of what we were going to do host-wise. We flipped, reversed it. And this week, I am joined by none other than Jack Graham. Hello, Jack. Hello, hello. Sorry to disappoint uh, all the eagerly anticipating listeners that were so so looking forward to hearing David Cameron and Scott McLeod back together again. But... You've got me anyway, but I assure you, you will be entertained nonetheless. Yeah, you never need to apologise to me, son. You just do you, <laughs> you can. <laughs> but of course, we start Saturday Night Live the way we start all episodes of Saturday Night Live with the top three of the week, and he had it a few weeks away, but he's back in the top three. Uh, Drew McIntyre on 10 points, and in his time away, I've not really thought of anything more to talk about with Drew McIntyre so uh, to fill this little bit of airtime, uh, Jack do you like Star Wars? Yeah I like Star Wars Star Wars is great Do you like shows, let's say like Loki? Yeah yeah, I like Loki yep Well, and also one last question do you like WWE Hall of Famer Charles Wright the Godfather? I do like the Godfather he did a pretty cool look Well if you said yes to any of these questions, you may enjoy a podcast I do over at Rogue Pines called Podding Ain't Easy, where we review such things as Loki, Star Wars, and many other various pop culture-related things. You know, listen to that after you've run out of good content on the East, the Stars Back catalog to listen to. And then once you listen to that, you can then also check out uh, the Big Picture podcast with Jack. Jack, anything going on over there that people should know about? Well, on Monday, actually, we're releasing a new episode and it's going to be in what we think the best movie theme song is. Ooh, interesting. So we'll be talking about music and 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 music and movies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, 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 all, that's all for us. But uh, it's, we're all going on. Yeah. Anyway, back to this. Drew's on 119 points, top of the season overall. You know, he's probably going to batter gender at SummerSlam. And I'm sure we'll have a rip-roaring time when that happens. Moving on. The <laughs> number two uh, in the top three. Finally, he's in the top three. I thought he would have been here already. But for some reason, he took a back seat with his title defences. While AEW did run only three straight weeks of bloody the US title from New Japan. Uh, Miro, the best man, the man on my team, my captain, successfully defended his TNT Championship against Lee Johnson on AEW Homecoming and now has 11 points and now has entered the top 10 overall. He's, num- he's tied with Burt Baker with 62 points. Maybe I'm hoping he can squeeze one more defence in uh, before that because we got 
uh, you know, do Calypso's a rampage before SummerSlam. They want maybe tie those with matches because you know Britt Baker's on there. She's gonna have a title defense on the first ever, uh, on the first ever episode of Rampage. So that'll be a big point for her. So hopefully Miro can squeeze a title defense in there before then. But yeah, like, I think this is showing that Miro was a smart choice for me, and I think he doesn't look like he's gonna lose that TNT title anytime soon. So potentially, I wouldn't say first round of because of how. Well, even though it's a bigger season than normal, maybe not first round, but definitely a second round, solid second round pick, Miro as team key champion. Uh, I, I tell you right now, if I win this season, I'm drafting last at a 16 folk and Miro's available, I'm taking him first round. 100% I'm taking him first round. I think his stocks went up so much with the, with the run he's on. I just said, I don't think there's any any chance in the near future that he's losing the TNT Championship, this this, this gimmick, this god-creator gimmick that he's going on with, he's absolutely wrong with, he's absolutely smashing it, it's the kind of Miro that we've been wanting to see for so long with Finley again, and you've, I think you've capitalised pretty well, making him the very first transfer this season, and it's it's proven dividends for you, and obviously it's a bit, bit upsetting that he did take a back seat to the NJPW US title for a few weeks, but you've got a couple of defenders in there, and it was more points than what you were getting previously, so I think it's it's, it's happy days all round. Yeah, it helps that he's defending against the likes of Brian Pillman Jr. and Lee Johnson, very much lower card guys who are nice that are getting this opportunity, but also if you've got me on your team, you know it's very much a guarantee that he's not losing it to the likes of them. So, you know, that helps. You know, the team title has been mixed success for me in the past, but doesn't matter usually how regular the title defenses come, but you always do mean big points, which is always nice. But moving to the number one of the week, he uh, with fourteen points. It's a uh, guy. I picked one of Gary's picks. Uh, it was Tony Schiavone. Very rare to see somebody at the top of the top three who isn't a wrestler. And usually when that happens, it's someone like Adam Pierce. But you know, Tony Schiavone in there once again showing paying dividends in terms of the like non-wrestler picks that we've seen arising over the last couple of seasons. And he's number four in the season overall in the top 10 at 90 points overall it's absolutely mad obviously it's it, it helps a lot that he's on dark elevation and dynamite so he's getting the two points for each show and they had an interview on dark elevation and he had four backstage interviews and in-ring interviews on dynamite so it's just countless appearances it's just stacking up for gary week after week and it's it's tony shivoni it's put him in this position that he's that he's probably the, the nearest challenger I've got in the table overall. We didn't switch the captain say the, the the gap would be much greater, I think. Same with same with Steven switching his 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 captain as well. So I, I think that the it's probably one of the smarter moves of the season, switching it to Tony Giovanni. He just made me kicking himself a bit they did it a bit too late. And do you think with the the size of the season we talked about you know, next season's gonna be you know the biggest season ever, you know, will it pay off or will it end up being like that time that we did a 40-man Royal Rumble in 2011. Uh, the biggest season ever, do you think, especially as we get to the later rounds, people are going to go back to uh, relying on the non-wrestlers, like the announcers, managers, people like that, to help you know, fill out the ranks once you know some of the more, you know, I don't say valuable, but some of the bigger names maybe have been taken? Yeah, I think so. I think you can... We've seen, obviously, uh, Adam Pearce getting picked up first round and he was kind of picked up in the, the, the tag team season as well I think that uh, Tony will be picked before Adam Pearce next season I think that uh, the the stock for Tony Tony has went up especially I, I, I'm not sure the exact rule and I think it'll be 
dynamite and rampage next season. If Tony Schiavone's on rampage as well, getting him twice a week, you put that on your captain four four points consistently each week, and that's besides inter- interview points. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good a very good option to take Schiavone early on. Yeah, that's something we haven't discussed. Like next season, you know, we we took Dark out of the uh, out of the equation, which I know makes frustrate some like people because there were actually two episodes of Dark this week. Like they randomly just put on a, another episode of Dark last night, uh, and you know, Rampage. I said we all oh, maybe Miro and that, or you know, Miro and Bibby maybe have some defenses on Rampage in the, in the last couple of weeks, but then I don't think Rampage those will be counted. Because you know the season started before Rampage was even a thing, before we even knew that was going to happen, and so like you said, it's what we're going to do with next season. Is it going to be Rampage and Dynamite, or is Elevation still going to be there? And I actually wouldn't mind if it was Rampage, just Rampage and Dark from AEW, because they've really hyped up Rampage as a almost a third hour of Dynamite, almost. So I think the bigger things are going to happen. I mean, they're teasing that CM Punk is going to be on the second ever episode of that show. So that's not doesn't show how big they're treating that show. I think I don't think some people would I don't think people would be annoyed about Rampage kind of taking the place of Ele- Elevation or Dark as like the secondary AEW show in this season. Yeah, I think so. I think that uh as you said it's been building a third hour of Dynamite and the amount that it's been plugged heavily just on social media, on the actual Dynamite show as well. I think it's a no brainer that Rampage should be included, obviously. There is going to be a large amount of people next year, uh, next not next year, next season. Sorry, and would would that play into Stephen Wilson's head that he might keep Dark Elevation as well? I don't know because it is a very short season and 16, 16 odd people. That there's a lot, a lot of wrestlers going to get drafted, and you don't know how much the bottom of the barrel is going to be scraped. So maybe there's an argument that we need need a show like Dark Elevation still in there too. For people to be able to like actually get points instead of just like getting zeros constantly, or even being stuck at the end of our selection show for who to actually pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because you know I guess you got to think it's even like the amount of people that are going to be in the season, the amount of shows there are, and you got. I wonder about Elevate, uh, Rampage. You know, it's the same night as, as SmackDown. Actually, I think air time wise, it airs like almost. Well, never, never, but almost as soon as SmackDown finishes, you might be able to, in America, you can switch over to the other channel, AFC Rampage, apparently. Which, is, apparently, which is apparently why there were rumours of SmackDown going three hours because they wanted to combat that, but that's gladly not happening. So you got to wonder, is it more convenient for Stephen just to do two shows, the two shows in one, because one of them's only an hour, might only have one or two people making appearances, uh, whereas SmackDown will be like more points on offer. So I think there's more benefits to Rampage available that's something we discuss always there's always every season there's always a new challenge that we didn't anticipate coming up and things <laughs> that are for the for the season ahead but we also look at the the top 10 uh, right now the current standing of the season you know as the as next season i'll be the top 16 and that'll be something to go through but uh in last place and i think she's unfortunately secured her spot as the uh the last place uh as last place in this season especially after something that happened uh, just in the last few hours before we, we start recording this and we'll get to that in a little bit but Sarah Grieve on 146 points with Christian Cage's Instant Classics uh, I'm just above her on 164 and a half points with the uh, Doug Judy Appreciation Society uh, 
And it's weird that I had that because of Thunder Rosa and then midway and towards the end of the season, Thunder Rosa actually officially gets signed to AEW because I was worried that would be a risk. At the start of the season, I thought, oh, she's only going to make a appearance here and there. But she was one of the regulars on the Elevation, so you know, I was glad Elevation got counted this season because she was all over that show. Uh, and, you know, maybe next season she'll be a challenger for Burt Baker, so I definitely think Thunder Rosa is a valuable uh, woman's pick going forward. Uh and I think I'm still still about a gap between me and Dave Campbell, unfortunately, though he's on 187 points. Uh, is he team goat again? Um, or, again, I forgot half the people's team names. Uh, who who's on his team, or what his team name is? His team name is. Is it not? Is it not just team goat? Is that not? I think so, but I don't know. I can't. I can't remember because I think so. Uh, let me double check. Sorry. We used to include people's team names on on this on this sheet, but I can't I can't see it anyway. Well, it's a safe bet to say team go. Well, the team go. Uh, Ross is shortly ahead of him, so you know Campbell and Ross could switch positions at any point in the next couple of weeks if Campbell has a very good week or Ross has a very bad week. Ross is on 191 points. Ryan Dalglish is on 201 and a half points. In sixth place, Ryan Gallagher is ahead of him on 216 points. Uh, David Hockney is on 248 points. You know, I don't think he's hoping for a good week to maybe get him into the top three finish of the season, potentially. Uh, Steven is on 269 points. Nice. <laughs> uh, Gary is not that far ahead of him on 276 points. And then, well, I believe partly due to Drew McIntyre's 10 points, Jack has bought himself some more time in the top position with on 298 points. Is uh, Jack, it seemed like the last couple of weeks that the gap was closing. I mean, it's closing between Gary and Stephen, but I think you've, with, with Drew McIntyre's win recently, you've bought yourself a bit more time. I think Drew, or the Drew win at SummerSlam would be a big help. But uh, what are you thinking? Are you optimistic that you can hold out with a few weeks left? Or... Like how 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 right would I have to go for Gary or Stephen? Do you think or how wrong for you to have to go for I think, like the change? I think it would need to get to the point of uh, Drew getting injured, and then mm. the the problem I have after that is obviously Paige is out of this world title thing. I don't know how often the Young Bucks is going to wrestle. Bliss hasn't been wrestling that much, and Roddy Strong, obviously the. The it seems to be in line for a take uh, a shot at the cruiserweight title come takeover, but that uh, was like that's not that's not being included. So I'm not I'm not going to get the points that might come from that if he wins. I think obviously I was I was I, t- I took a gamble trading out Priest after being out for a month. It's not paid off. I think if I had Priest, I'd be more comfortable. Now, I'm still pretty comfortable, but I think I'd have a cushion in my king's chair if I had uh, Priest in my team right now. But uh, I think that I think Drew's Drew's always going to be featured in Raw. And I think the past couple of weeks when the the fans are coming back, they had to get the big kind of pops going, and they obviously bringing back Goldberg and and whatnot like that. It was they they had other directions they need to go. But this week kind of was a bit of normality back for my my team scoring points. I think I, I scored quite quite a few points this week, I believe. If I double, double check this sheet. I think I got about like 16 points or something like that. Uh, 14 points I got this week. So like weeks prior to that, I was only getting about eight, seven. I was just getting so little points. So I think I'm finally getting something going again is, is good for myself. 
Mm-hmm. The, the the battle for me is in the weekly shows. I think I was like, only having so far Drew competing at SummerSlam. I was like, I, I, I'll touch wood, guaranteed points if I win there. But uh-huh. you never you never can tell. Yeah, I think other than that, your main hope is maybe a Bucks big match for the Young Bucks uh, between now and then, or maybe Alexa Bliss getting thrown onto the SummerSlam card with this whole weird thing she's got going on with Eve Marie and Dewdrop. But looking at Gary and I think Gary would guarantee himself, you know, potential to take over you to overtake you if he didn't have Lashley MVP as his cap as his tie team and maybe went with Lashley as a singles pick. Because Lashley potentially beating Goldberg in a title defence would maybe be what he needed to overtake you. Because the other thing we've got Ripley who's when it's when it's SummerSlam isn't guaranteed. Joe, if he wins the NXT title, won't be counted because it's been deemed that uh, takeover won't be counted. You know, David Hockney did try and start a petition, you know, he, much like Korg, he started a revolution but didn't print enough pamphlets. <laughs> uh, and he's got Tony Schiavone, who's clearly one of his most consistent players. He's high in scoring singles pick in Tony Schiavone. Uh, and Seth Rollins is, you know, is not guaranteed that he'll be edge at SummerSlam, whereas Steven, on the other hand, got Bianca Belair, you know, she'll probably defend the title against Sasha Banks. Jey Uso defending the tag team titles against the Mysterios in a rematch. Riddles heavily rumoured to be Challenging for the raw title, it was alongside his partner Randy Orton. So, you know, Stephen, I think uh, if these guys, of all three of those guys, we championship wise, Stephen could you know, pull a blinder and get his third uh, draft win, which would be unprecedented in the history of this draft. But uh, it's all speculation at this stage, as Jack still remains to hold on to the team. I'm rooting for you, Jack. You know, my questions that cost you your quiz show there in championship are. I do look forward to thrashing you in our upcoming booked match, but when it comes to the draft, I have no horse in this race. I have no, no desire to see you fail or succeed in either way. I am I am firmly on the fence, you know, to see what happens. But, Jack, we drew straws. You've drawn the short straw this week because we don't have a David on the show. Uh, so it is you who must uh, read out the top uh, five of the Listeners League this week. Yes, yes, it's my time to shine with the Listeners League. I've avoided it for so, so long since the introduction, but alas, here I am having to talk about you people. (laughs) Thomas Fraser, you are in fifth position, my friend. Here comes the money, so you say. Well, you're not winning any money if you win this, but hey-ho, you're a couple of points ahead of Johnny Napier, who's at 275.5 points. When you look at your team... It's, it's clear, again, your captain, Tony Schiavone, is helping you out a lot. Not, not trading out Chris Jericho as well. Obviously, that's what Stephen Wilson did. And you've got these five labels of Jericho, and that's constantly getting the points for you. You've got Young Bucks, who won the Elimination match, alongside a mega Orange Cassidy, Rhea Ripley. You've got, I got a not-too-bad team, my friend. Not-too-bad a team. Uh, fourth position, with the Swifty Tombstones lead, Jonathan Swift and 283 points. You see him, he's got Bianca Belair as his captain, Lashley MVP, Damien Priest. The, he might, he, he, I like to keep Priest, whereas I, I trade them out, and it looks like he's on a collision course to win the US title come SummerSlam. Third position, Adam Adam Kayer. Sorry, Adam, I, I, I'm not sure I pronounce your name. I'm very bad with pronunciation, but your team name at P45 is the same amount of points as Jonathan Swift, 283, and when we go have a look at your team. You've got Tony Schiavone as your captain as well. Kevin Owens, unfortunately, not really doing much for you, but you're in a very good position. You've got Mega Callis as your tag team. You've got Alexa Bliss, Chris Jericho again with the five labels of Jericho. You're doing not too bad. 
second position, Ross Brady, the talented Mrs. Ripley. We look at your team as I go through this sheet. You have Matt Riddle as your captain, who you're hoping will have this tag match at SummerSlam, but with Randy Orton posting uh, MIA the now, and who knows when he's coming back. Have they, have they scheduled the SmackDown tag title match and replacement of the Raw tag title match? Who knows? We'll need to find out. But you do have Tony Schiavone in there as well. Not your captain, but still steady amount of points anyway. Same with Britt Baker. Uh, maybe when it gets to, to SummerSlam, if the, the, that Raw tag title match is, then you've got Mad Riddle and Randy Orton. Your team, that'll be mega points. Rhea Ripley might win the title. It, it, it could all change when you are that, that just like fifth, 15, 16 points behind JP, shirts in, balls out in 305 points and we look at his team, Tony Schiavone captain, New Day consistently performed so well this season Charlotte Flair could win the title Brett Baker, being a steady points getter for you, Matt Riddle, Randy Orton in your team as well, so maybe that, maybe that negates what uh, our second place member Ross Brady has but the good thing is Ross Brady had his captain as Matt Riddle so who bloody knows as we get to the kind of the hot end who will be joining us next season will it be JP will it be Ross Brady will it be someone out of the blue I don't know Scott but it's exciting nonetheless isn't it so to summarise JP made good decisions other people not exactly exactly yes. I hope I've not butchered that too much Hockney uh, I also don't care either way so <laughs> well a letter to JP or Ross Brady that joins the, the biggest East our draft season ever next season because we've got to make sure we get that in there very WWE like with our branding uh, you'll be welcomed by the team with whatever the opposite of uh, open arms is some very very crossed very crossed over very folded arms you'll be welcomed <laughs> in by members of the team especially the GOAT David Campbell but yeah something I think you guys have already mentioned in the, in the previous weeks the the if Jericho hadn't been switched out by Stephen you know, with these labels of Jericho, the last three straight wins he's got, I think actually Steam would have overtaken Gary by then. He'd be he'd be nipping at your heels, you know, to take the top spot here. So again, you know, Stephen, if Stephen manages to somehow overtake you and have a blinder at SummerSlam despite losing Jericho, then well, we can shut up about talking about him. So, uh, we can shut up about him and then uh, switching out Jericho. But if not, then maybe you guys think would Jericho have provided him those last few points he needed to take that spot at the last hurdle? But sticking with Steven's team, he and Sarah, particularly this season, uh, have suffered a big loss to their team. Uh, it's not the first time it's happened during this uh, SummerSlam season, but having a member of your team get released mid-season, and uh, we have no real rule for that. Basically, you just have to deal with it. <laughs> Similarly, unless you get a chance to transfer it out, or given this stage, it's a few weeks to go. So, you know, uh, and so we lost Tyler Rust. He got released. Uh, who was part of the tag team? I believe he was part of the Diamond Mine tag team that that, uh, that Stephen had. It just listed here as a Diamond Mine, but Roderick Strong was a different pick. So I think it was Suzuki and Rust was his tag team. I think he had big plans. Thought there were big plans in store for the Diamond Mine, but clearly not for Rust in particular. If he got let go, and even more shocking is uh, Bronson Reedjack on Sarah's team. You know, he he start he started the season winning the North American Championship. Uh, he's had matches against Adam Cole. A couple of weeks ago, he was talked about you know appearing on main event, having dark matches, might be getting called up, and now he's just gone. It's so weird. Like I just said, it was, it was rumored that him and Karrion Cross were going to be called up to the main roster, and it'd been 
Bronson had been tweeting so much about drawing the bloodline, it would kind of make a bit of sense. Have like, add like another heavy to the rain stable, you know, it's something that would be like too out of the picture, like, like of like out of the realms of possibility that could have happened. Obviously, he won the North American title, lost to, to Isaiah Swerve Scott, and that's when we thought, right, he's going to be coming up soon. Then we find out last night he's been released. It's it's off a strain. It, just, it shows that anything can happen, and obviously the the. The, the idea behind it is a lot of the folk they released is is like kind of older guys because they're wanting to have a full revamp and they're wanting to make NXT more focused on the young and upcoming talent. So do you think... I have a feeling this just has Vince all over it and I'm feeling that Vince may want to go back to it being developmental. I'm not quite sure because, you know, you got Bobby Fish as well. He was a little down. You got Mr. Martinez. He was also uh, let go. No, uh, these are these are people who've been picked in the past. But then you got some younger guys in here. You got like the Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, and Asher Healer were some of the younger guys like on two or five lives that they'd no long signed. Well, along with some developmental people, some Leon Ruff, Leon Ruff got let go. It's just weird. Like, you'd think the spring cleaning that they've seen made in the cutting people would have been done uh, once fans came back. You know, and they're able to make money from tickets and everything. And they're they've sold out SummerSlam, which is apparently still going ahead. So. I don't get what the need to, to keep letting all these people go is. I mean, it's it's fight better. I suppose it's better than stockpiling people you have nothing for. But, you know, especially with rough, with Sterling, by the way, and Asher Hale, they were two of the only guys still up in Atlas. They were a few of the only people that actually fucking appear and still on 205 Live. So how do you keep 205 Live going when you keep cutting its entire fucking roster down? Like, honestly. And... I'm I'm wondering here how this is gonna affect the ne- the coming season, especially next season, because you know, maybe, no, maybe not a couple, maybe not some of the people here, like well, exactly maybe Tyler Rust or or Bobby Fish, uh, if you're desperate, but like every so often you take a lower card like NXT pick or somebody like that, uh, somebody who's really not doing a lot but does make some consistent appearances, like to look for like your fourth, fifth round picks in the draft. Usually that's when it's just ten, but now it's sixteen people. And with the amount of people that have been let go from the WWE, how does that? I'm wondering how that's going to affect the last couple of rounds of picks uh, when it comes to the draft, because you know picks are going to dry up faster in this season, this upcoming season, than they have previously. So I think if you're in the lower half of the last round, so like you know the snake draft, you know if you're in the top six thirty one in the in round four, or like ten through sixteen somewhere like that. And around five, you've got to get creative with your picks because by then, like you got to wonder who's left. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a weird one. I think that not that it's going to be avoided NXT, but I think see once your kind of your big names of NXT will be gone. So for example, once Joe's gone, once uh, Kyle O'Reilly's probably gone, once like Isaiah Swerve Scott is gone, the kind of the. The, the the pillars of what NXT are just now. I think there's too many unknowns past that to take a risk on on such a big season like like next with the amount of folk that's going to be in. You kind of you need you need established people. I think next season ones that you know they're going to get you the points. And I think there's it's NXT with with what's happened last night. It's it's become too much of an unknown on what's actually going to go down. For the, the like in the next coming weeks, months up to Survivor Series where our season's running, so it's it's as an unknown. I think is a risk to be taken 
NXT names out with the the, the established knowns already. Yeah, because NXT was there were a lot of NXT people picked this season. I think because of the length of it, but I can definitely see like once after the first couple of rounds, I can definitely I agree. With you, I can definitely see you know, NXT kind of being given a miss by people unless you you figure somebody that like outside the box maybe thought, like, oh god, how did I not think of him? Uh, I think maybe people are going to be forced to look at the main roster, especially with like the fact that the season culminates with Survivor Series, and so the 5-1-5 thing, you have to do, whether or not they do the brands thing again, if they can include NXT this time around, then there's going to be a lot of people on that card, so they may have to shift to the main roster, and if they, depending on what secondary fuel gets included, I think we're going to see a major shift to AEW this season, mm-hmm. even though it's a shorter season, you're still going to have two pay-per-views in that time, with all out in September, full gear, early November, so... Especially if you've got one of the, the top picks, like a Kenny Omega or an Adam Page, someone like that, then you're going to get some major points that way. So I definitely think it's a major shift away from NXT. And also, how it's going to fit, you wonder how it's going to fit NXT in that once we do, like, the literally the week after the uh, the finale of the season, we do the selection show usually. That's what we're going to do this uh, this time around as well. But you got to think, it's still going to be unknown after SummerSlam what happens with. Uh, Adam Cole or even Pete Dunne because there's rumours about their contract status at the minute and so there's been no confirmation about uh, about them you know, I wonder what are people going to do with them, I mean Adam Cole if you pick him, he could still show up in AEW and you get points that way uh, well Pete Dunne, where does he go if he ends up leaving Like, cause I know it's just rumours right now but there's still so many unknowns when it comes to NXT going into next season that I think maybe people not relying so heavily on it may be a good idea or because if you try and pick one I'm thinking oh they'll resign or they'll show up in this place they could end up like what Becky Lynch has done this season who's still on zero points or that time I think it was was it Ryan or David picked Charlotte Flair uh, I, yeah I think Ryan it was Ryan that picked Charlotte Flair and it was like the last week she appeared again or something didn't she something like that it's yeah, interesting yeah so many variables when it comes to NXT and it's going to be interesting like we're all going to have to change our approach to next season but as, as far as that draft like this week and this season you know, we still keep an eye on the top of the table as we march on towards SummerSlam and we march on to next week with the reunion of the Saturday Draft Live OGs but you know despite you know there being kind of a last minute thing Jack you've, you've you know, filled the role you know, that you filled those weirdly misshapen goat shoes very well. Ah, I'm, I'm a good guy like that. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to see the show let down. It was already let down, and David Campbell couldn't appear, so I've, I've had to I've had to come in and help. And it's just uh, it's just just something I do. I, I don't want to upset the the listeners that that also we we know ourselves the best show on each sleep suplex retweet. And I think when you've got a a, a host that hasn't appeared. Because he's, he's wanting to get a gazebo or something like that for some barbecue or some some pitch like that. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just here to help. Yeah, we wouldn't want to disappoint and disappoint listeners unless you're part of the listeners' league. In which case, you know, your choices are right <laughs> for flagging, and you brought that on yourself. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you check out past episodes of Cider Five with varying combinations of hosts now. Uh, on our back catalog on Eat Sleep Super Plays Retreat on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as checking out our recent feature shows. We've got shows on SummerSlam 91 that's up next week. We've got uh, a show on Seth Rollins to come. 
uh, because of SummerSlam, we're going to have uh, a show looking back at TakeOver Brooklyn 1 as well. It's going to be fun. It's coming up soon. Uh, we've got our Central special guest, John Isherwood, joined Ross and David Hockney on Central this past week. East meets West. Uh, we're recording an episode tonight, which is going to go up tomorrow. A lot of stuff happening uh, with New Japan to get excited about if you're a fan of uh, of them. And, you know, make sure also keep on top of everything. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Suplex Retreat. And check out the YouTube channel. The content is flowing through there at the minute. We've got the Quiz Showdown 12 Beyond Thunder, hosted by myself. Very soon we'll be recording Quiz Showdown 13, Can You Feel the Heat? And I'll eventually have very much a SummerSlam-themed quiz, I'm so told. Uh, and also, myself and Jack very soon will be going head-to-head on the latest episode of Book It, where we will booking a TNA versus WWE pay-per-view with a roster from June 2010. And Jack, you can you can, you can can vouch for the fact to listen to that it'll definitely be one not to be missed. Uh, uh, you know, they've taken two of the best people on this podcast, Scott, and they've pitted them together. So it's a, it's a shame that they're having to try and get the drama and the viewers like this, but you know, we're, we are... We are always up for the fight, always up to to, to be the best, and I, I, I think it's as you say, it's one not to be missed. I think it'll be a absolute knockout. Absolutely, you do not want to miss that, and you don't want to miss any future episodes of Saturday Night Special next week because the goat is back, baby, and it's going to be a good time. Ta-ta. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.